0: Talk to my friend, Drew and Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. One the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew President. Allen, Allen. has conservative. I into this guy for listening.
1: Well, I just saw a tweet before the show started right now from Adam Kinzinger the disgraced congressman who got his seat eliminated by Democrats after he bent over and grabbed his ankles for him for the J6 stuff. There's a traitor to his country. But I'm I'm leading with this, and you'll understand why momentarily. His tweet essentially said, regardless of the strength of the indictment, Trump should be ashamed. And basically Christian leaders should explain how they can support him. I say that because a big nothing burger drop today. That's not to say it's not dangerous. That, that's not to say, that's not to downplay the gravity of what's happening in this country right now in terms of what the left is doing, this lawlessness to get Trump and interfere in the election of 2024. But it comes out, we get the indictment today, and even CNN is forced to admit that it's humiliating. That there's nothing there. It's like Trump-Russia collusion. What happened? We were promised this bombshell. We were going to get Trump, and now it looks like we have egg on our face because this is so weak. But it doesn't matter to these diehards because they hate the country so much, and they hate you so much, and they hate me so much, and they hate America so much, and they hate Trump and MAGA so much. And what it represents, that they don't care if the indictment is supported by fact, by legality. They don't care. Trump just should be ashamed. We should just get Trump anyway. It doesn't matter. And this is the problem. When, when you have a large group of people, in this case an entire political party, who does not care about the law, who is unrestrained from constitutionality and so on and so forth, in their haste, in their eagerness, in their hatred to destroy a political opponent... Well, you had the unraveling of the civil society, and that's what we saw today. I'm trying to have a little bit more lighthearted tone. It doesn't sound like it yet, but I might get there. We'll see. Because I just I can't do it again. I just need to set it straight now. Make it clear. What's happening is very serious. It's not a joke. It's not a laughing matter. We just had a former president and a presidential candidate arraigned today, indicted, for something that was made up by the left. But like I said, it doesn't matter. They hate Trump, and the ends justifies the means. That's the Marxist slogan, and that's exactly what these people are. And I've got a few clips here to make it clear. The the, the only people who who should actually be humiliated today are the people on the left. The people who should be disgraced, it's Alvin Bragg, the DA, who brought this. It's the media who championed this and pushed this forward and encouraged this kind of thing to happen. It's Pomerantz, who was serving in the DA, who wrote a tell-all book that was intended to encourage this to go forward, even though it was dropped in the past. Nobody would touch this. But here we go. They got their way. And it's a totally corrupt judicial system. All of these people are in the tank for the Democrats. And it's just a can of worms. I mean... What's going to have to happen is that we have to hit back with everything we have. That's the only thing that's going to stop this. There is no reaching across the aisle. There is no kumbaya. There is no asking the Democratic Party to stop. They only know one thing and they haven't really experienced it yet, and that's pain. That's what any horrible person understands. You're on a playground and the bullets are throwing rocks at you. Please stop throwing the rocks, please. And when the teacher doesn't care, please stop throwing the rocks. Is that going to stop them? No, what do you do? You pick up a rock, and you throw it in their face and break their nose. That's what you do. And then they think twice going forward. Now, I would be a, a gag order, of course, would be slapped on me for saying this right now. Because, you know, a, a Drew's inciting violence. He's, he's saying Republicans and MAGA should pick up rocks and throw them at Democrats. Oh, that's, of course, not what I'm saying. The transurrection, on the other hand... I'm sure they're they're up to no good doing that right now. But I, I want to cue up um, cut one first. This is uh, Carrie Cordero. She's on with Jake Tapper. She's a former counsel to the U.S. Uh, Assistant Attorney General. And Jake Tapper asked her about the case. So let's just start with the CNN clip. Go ahead and play this cut, Captain. Go.
0: Is it what you thought it was going to be? And are you unimpressed? Uh, in terms of a case that's being brought
1: against a former president, it's a little underwhelming. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's, there's not more to it. Uh, there's not more violations,
0: tax violations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not an incredible new set of facts that we didn't know about publicly. It's really the facts of this case as they have existed for basically almost 7 years.
1: Uh, so there you have Carrie Cordero. W- where's the rest? It's just like Trump Russia collusion that led to nowhere. It's just like quid pro quo. The phone call with Zelensky? It's like the J6 insurrection that Trump had nothing to do with that wasn't an insurrection anyway. It's like everything They've accused Trump of having done, committed, and so on and so forth. Nothing's happened to him, not because he's escaped, but because he's so clean. That's what's so remarkable about all this. Donald Trump, they can't find anything on. They've had to make it up repeatedly. But the problem with this is, it's going to go forward because this judge is corrupt. This judge that's going to take this case, whose daughter is in bed with the Biden-Harris people, the Democrats there, well, he's going to take this case. And I didn't have time to grab the picture of it. If you're just listening, like most of you anyway, to the podcast, it won't make any difference. But there's a reason that Bragg leaked. His office leaked, which is illegal, by the way. But his office leaked that there were going to be 34 counts. So he did this, of course, to make it look like this was a really bad thing. They really had Trump to give the media something to, to play up. But now when they had to unseal the indictment today, it's 34 cut and pasted felonies that are all the same. It's called stacking. And not only should Bragg be disbarred for this. But he should be thoroughly humiliated. He should be. The grand jury. Who went through with this. Who participated in this. And this is the question we're going to get to today. If you can't understand this and I can't understand this, and nobody in the media can understand this, and the legal minds on the left and right can't understand this, and they don't see the crime, how the heck did Bragg convince anybody on the grand jury that it was a crime? That's the question. Who are these people on the grand jury? And this is the problem in the country. You know, regardless of the fact, just like I pointed out with Adam Kinzinger, regardless of the fact that this... Is just what we expected. A nothing burger. Trumped up fake charges. That nobody would touch for a reason. Because he didn't commit a crime. They don't care. It's just. Give me the means. Give me the, the superficial circumstances. Some kind of thin. Justification. So we can just get Trump. So here's another one, John Bolton. John Bolton is no fan of Trump. I don't think that's a secret. He's been all out on the media saying, you know, Mr. Mustache Man himself, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's thinking of running for office, you know, if it means preventing Trump from becoming president. Again, he's on the record saying, I don't like Trump. I don't want him to be president. I don't like him. He's essentially a never Trumper. That's what he is. And even he, he could not get on board with what Bragg just did. And this grand jury just did. So play cut two, Captain, with John. This is John Bolton on with Jack, Jake Tapper. What do you
0: think of the indictment? Speaking of someone who very strongly does not want Donald Trump to get the Republican presidential nomination, I'm extraordinarily distressed by this document. I think this is even weaker than I feared it would be. I can say there is no basis in the statutory language to say that Trump's behavior either a contribution or an expenditure under federal law. What I understood the district attorney to say that he thinks there's a New York election law involved here. All I can say is the Federal Election Campaign Act absolutely preempts any state or local law to the contrary. He's just wrong on the applicability
1: of the New York statute. Well, there you go. Where is it? Show me the crime. There isn't one. And I'm serious, Bragg and every grand jury member who voted to indict Trump 34 times with this cut and paste job, 34 times for the same crime to run up the count so they could get 136 year sentence potentially with no specifics, no explanation of actually what the secondary crime was. Bragg has to be disbarred. And all these grand jury members, if we knew their names, they should be humiliated and treated like outcasts in society because that's what they are. They betrayed their country. I cannot comprehend how anybody could go along with this. An unintelligible, unintelligible case. So now let's go to Bill Barr. I hope I'm making the point. Not a single person can understand this. Or justify it. Or explain it. Or see the crime. You know why? Because Alvin Bragg didn't explain it. And worse, during his press conference today, Alvin Bragg said he didn't feel like he had to. He didn't feel like he had to. That's right. I'm Alvin Bragg, the DA. I got the grand jury to sign off on these indictments. I can't tell you what the crime is. But there is a crime. And we're going to find out later. And we're going to get a jury. And that's the point. They just need something in this setting. They've been drooling about this opportunity to get a bunch of corrupt jurors in a far-left district, far-left city in America who don't care about the law, don't care about the Constitution, and who are just radical ideologues like the left, who just hate Trump. And so you just got to put him in this setting, and it doesn't matter. He could be proven innocent all day long, and they would still say, no, he's guilty because the outcome is what we want, which is him going to jail, him being humiliated, MAGA being defeated, Play uh, cut three, Captain. Play Bill Barr. Uh, oh, you got it? You don't play? Play that, actually. Do you have it up? Okay, okay. Play uh, cut three with Bill Barr then, Captain. We're told does not really have a lot of surprises in it. What do you think, Bell?
0: Well, it doesn't have any surprises, except they never really specify what the uh, crime was that was being concealed. It's very repetitive. It's what we would refer to as stacking. Uh, Every document is cited as a specific felony, and it just says that he caused a false record, and he did it with the intent to conceal another crime,
1: period. Remarkable. I, I actually, I just want to make my point. I want to read you just a handful of the 34 indictments here. So the first one is that, gosh, how do I do this without becoming boring and losing your interest? Let's see. So the grand jury of the county of New York by this indictment accuses the defendant of the crime of falsifying business records in the first degree. Uh, It goes on, an invoice from Michael Cohen dated February 14th, 2017, marked as a record of the Donald J. Trump revocable trust. Here's the second count, right? Second count, same thing. Falsifying business records in the first degree. Uh, An entry in the detail general ledger for the Donald J. Trump revocable trust bearing voucher number 842457. Third count, falsifying business records in the first degree. An entry in the detail general ledger for the Donald J. Trump revocable trust. Fourth count, falsifying business records in the first degree a Donald J Trump revocable trust account account check and check stub dated February 14th 27 it's the same thing 34 times got it unreal now jonathan turley he makes a lot of these great points. And actually, he wrote a fantastic article. Several of them, actually. He, he wrote an article. I don't know how he, he got this out today, but he wrote one for the New York Post. He wrote one uh, somewhere else. But I want to I want to read some pull quotes from Turley here, from what he says. Um, here's, a, here's the first pull quote I want to share. This bootstrap theory has been widely criticized. The bootstrap theory is what they're pursuing here, this absurdity, this this legal c- creation, Frankenstein monster that they're, they're trying to get Trump on, this bootstrap, bootstrap theory has been widely criticized, but many in the media sought to cut off that debate by suggesting that Bragg might be basing his prosecution on some unknown crime. And that's the point. There's still an unknown crime. We don't know what the crime is. Do, do you understand that Donald Trump, the former president And the presidential candidate, likely candidate of the Republican Party in 2024, he was just arraigned and indicted by a grand jury for a crime that we still don't know what that is. Have you ever heard of something like this? I mean, when it comes to murder, uh, you know what the charge is. You killed somebody. There's a dead body somewhere here. It's just an illusion And the reason no one can explain it is because there's no crime. It's like Trump-Russia collusion. I've gotten into this a hundred times. What was Trump-Russia collusion? I'm asking you actually, if you're listening, think out loud. What was Trump-Russia collusion? What was the accusation? What was the crime there? Can you think of it? There wasn't one, right? It was this nebulous idea that the media couldn't even explain. That was that Donald Trump colluded with the Kremlin and Putin to steal the twenty sixteen election. That was the allegation. No basis on fact, nothing else. Here's the same situation. What what did Trump do? What are these indictments? 34 of them that carry a potential 130 plus year sentence in prison? Well, he, he paid off a hush bunny payment to a porn star. Ooh, that sounds so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was illegal. Why was it illegal? Well, it was a campaign finance violation. Really? It was a campaign finance violation? How so? How so? Well, he was uh, trying to, uh, you know, he didn't want the public to know because he was running for president. Well, that's between him and, and Stormy Daniels and his family. That's not a campaign violation. And even if it was, which it wasn't, Hillary Clinton actually did the exact same thing you're accusing Trump of having done with Stormy Daniels. Back in 2016, when she funded the Steele dossier, right, that document, garbage, the PP tapes, uncorroborated BS information, fiction about Donald Trump that was used as justification to try and carry out the coup attempt. Well, she paid for that document and she went through her law firm, Perkins Coy. And she didn't call it opposition research. She didn't get the ledger right. She lied on the ledger. She said it was for legal fees, legal expenses. And she paid a 100-something thousand dollar fine. And we have Donald Trump, who this DA in Manhattan, this corrupt fat Alvin, him and this grand jury of other fat Alvin acolytes, Well, they just indicted Trump on 34 charges that are exactly what Hillary Clinton did. Except in these indictments, they aren't even specific enough. They can't even tell you what the secondary crime was to make this all work. I think I, did I say it was going to be funny tonight, Captain? Did I I say it wasn't going to be serious? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's hard, you know, when, when bombs are going off around you and you're in a burning building, you know, it's hard to have a sense of humor. I'm really trying. I am. You know, this, this, honestly, this latest indictment, this crap, and the Democrats, make no mistake, really, they got a lot of what they think they wanted, what they think they want. Now, now they made a mistake here, and I'll explain that in a minute, but they they got what they think they wanted, which is the little blurb. Right. So 2024 campaign, Donald Trump is the first president in American history to be indicted by a grand jury. That's what they wanted. It's like they impeached him twice. Well, he was found not guilty twice, but that doesn't matter. They don't talk about that. It's just, hey, Donald Trump is the only president in American history to be twice impeached. See, they got their talking point. That's what this is all about. So, all right, go go ahead and play Turley. You know, Turley really makes good points here. One in particular that I want to address again. Go ahead and play cut four, Captain, go.
0: It's like Orient Express without the body. I mean, you're looking for it and it just never comes up. And the weird thing, I've never seen an indictment quite like this one. That is the key linchpin. That's how you get beyond the statute of limitations. I know a lot of judges that would have been not too pleased to receive an indictment like this and would have said, you know, what the heck is this? I mean, what are you alleging? And Bragg just sort of waved it off and said, I don't have to really say. But my question is, how did the grand jury understand what it was doing? We'll see a little better with the Bill of Particulars. But it really raises concerns as to how well the grand jury understood these key linchpins. Because this thing has the feeling of like a legal slurpee. It, it, it's instantly satisfying, but has no nutritional value. It, it, you, there's really nothing there.
1: And that's, that's been the Democrats' aim since 2016. It's, it's a slurpee. What does it actually mean in the end? What is the upshot of this? It sounds like it's got everything you need, right? Trump-Russia collusion sounds so sinister. Trump-Russia collusion, but what's the actual crime? You can't tell me because there wasn't one. And then you move on to quid pro quo. He has a conversation with President Zelensky of Ukraine. And in that conversation, he mentions the information, the fact that Joe Biden got a prosecutor fired over there who was looking into Hunter Biden's business dealings with Burisma, the energy company in Ukraine. And Joe Biden went in and said, I'm going to pull funds from you. He threatened them. He did his own quid pro quo if they didn't stop investigating his son. And Trump said, Hey, what's going on over there with this? And they impeached him over it. They impeached him over it. They said it was a quid pro quo. Quid pro quo is not illegal. We do quid pro quos all day long. Everything's a quid pro quo. Hey, Captain, guess what? If you can do the show tonight at 7 o'clock, I'll buy you a Big Mac next week, okay? Do we have a deal? Life is quid pro quo. And he was impeached for it. How was this justified? Because the media created this false narrative. They got out there with their surrogates, and they had the other little fat man, Colonel, Lieutenant Colonel Venman. Why are all these guys little fat cheeseburger men? I don't get it. Anyway... Fat Alvin, fat whatever. But they go out there and they get on the news and they sit there and they talk very seriously. Oh my gosh, I overheard this phone call with Donald Trump and you won't believe the quid pro quo that happened. He's a traitor to the country. What did he do? Well, he had this phone conversation and he he said to look into uh, Joe Biden who could be a presidential candidate. Whatever. Oh my gosh, we got to cover this 24-7. We've got to get Trump. We've got to open up more investigations into him because he's obviously corrupt. There's things going on. we got to look into his businesses. We've got to do this and that. But there was no crime. J6, go and peacefully make your voices heard. Oh, oh, okay, but Donald Trump incited an insurrection. And we're still not done with that, by the way. Still not done with that. And you know what the Democrats just did to themselves? And I'm talking to Kennyland out there, the Kennyland. People living in Kennyville with their heads up, their a J6 is irrelevant now. You lost J6. That's no longer a weapon for the left. The left has no weapons. Now, what they think and they hope is that... All of these continued investigations are going to interfere, of course, in 2024 because Donald Trump will be under active investigation or there'll be a jury and they'll be investigating him and so on and so forth. And he's going to be so dirtied and so sullied that no person can possibly vote for him because of how bad it looks and how ashamed they're going to be to vote for him. That's their strategy. That's their strategy. But the reality is going to be far different. This is looking a lot like 2016, I would say, 2024 is. A lot like 2016. And that's this, the underestimation of Donald Trump. You don't have the COVID crap, so you can pull all the mailbox stuff on us again. That's out the window. You can't do it. That was a one-time lucky offer. Good job. Way to go. Won't happen again. Now, you're going to cheat. We know that. But we're a little bit more prepared for it. And it won't be like it was in 2020. And without massive cheating on a scale that we've never seen in this country before, Joe Biden could never have been elected president. Never, ever. And I've said it, Donald Trump's just, you made him a symbol. You made him a symbol. And you undermined all your efforts because people are beginning to see how corrupt you are because you went too far. You went too far. You keep going too far, but this time really, truly was too far. You can't even get your own media, CNN, to acknowledge that this was a good move. And that's the hubris. That's what brings people down. And that's what's going to bring the Democratic Party down. You know what was hilarious today, though, Captain? Captain? It's it's God always has a sense of humor in some in some way and capacity He's He's intervening so you have this corrupt announcement the arraignment today of Donald Trump for this latest hoax and on the same day that this announcement's coming the same day that Donald Trump is going to the the office the courthouse there to be arraigned well the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals they awarded Trump an additional $121,962.56 in attorney fees from horseface Stormy Daniels, aka Stephanie Clifford. Can you believe it? She's got to pay his legal fees. So they are trying to put Trump in jail over a hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. And on the same day that this is making news everywhere and everyone's flabbergasted because there seems to be no crime despite there being 34 apparent felony convictions or whatever they're going for, well, The very person who's supposed to lock Trump up is ordered by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to pay Donald Trump $121,000. So I hope the porn videos have paid her well because she's got some more money to pay up to Daddy Trump. Pay it up, baby. And I love Trump. I love, I'm gonna, you know, I am so defiant. And I feel this way anyway, but the best way to destroy the left. The best way to win, the best way to be happy about your life and not get down about what the left is doing is to simply, with genuine, heartfelt glee and happiness, talk about how awesome Trump is. Talk about how great Trump is. Talk about how awesome it's going to be in 2024 when he defeats them and when the left is defeated. How funny Trump is. Alvin Bragg shut down New York City brought in 38,000 NYPD officers and will spend an estimated 200,000, ooh, 200 million of NYC funds for a totally legal $130,000 NDA. On top of all that, the Ninth Circuit Court just awarded me $122,000 over the 500,000 already awarded from stormy horseface Daniels, Trump said Tuesday afternoon. You gotta love him. That's the way to win. Never back down. But something, back back to what Turley was saying, though, does this, I mean, this is the worrisome thing. It is, it is, it is possible. It is still possible that a jury could find Donald Trump guilty of these 34 bogus accusations. And that's what the left, of course, is hoping for. Now, I said something that I think is prescient. Captain, I said it on a radio show today. I go on every Tuesday with Vic Porcelli in St. Louis. And I made the point that I made on the show yesterday. I said, I think that the fantasy of the Democrats that are pursuing this bogus, brag-led, DA grand jury conviction into the hush money payments, I think that they want a plea deal. I think that they want to, to bring the pressure to make it seem so possible that Trump faces a conviction or so on and so forth, that he will bend the knee and go with a plea deal like so many other cowards do, right? I mean, Michael Cohen's a coward. He copped a plea deal. That's why he he said Cohen admitted to committing a crime that he hadn't even committed, which was this campaign finance violation and making this payment. It was a plea deal. He did it because he cowered. That's what happens all the time. And they think they're going to get Trump to do this. So they say, look, we got 34 stack counts here that carry a sentence, possibly a maximum sentence of over 130 years in jail. And you're going to be tried in Manhattan where nobody likes you and this grand jury already went ahead with this. Do you really want to risk that, DJT? Or do you want to do a plea deal and sign on this dotted line that you are backing out Of the 2024 presidential race. We want your resignation. Donald. That's something I think they really really want. But to make matters worse. I mean this whole thing. Questions I have that I haven't had time to look into Captain. Is is I, I really want to get a better. Idea comprehension. Of the timeline of all of this. The timeline of Soros funding Bragg's campaign. The timeline of these other far-left activists in the DA's office coming on board with Bragg, getting those jobs and those positions. I want to know when the Democratic Party, who was behind the decision to pursue this? How long this has been in the works? Who was behind these decisions that were obviously intended to take the knees out from Donald Trump in 2024 to prevent him from running, or at least damage him and hurt his chances. That's what I want to get an idea of because it's very clear what's happened here. This is all a very coordinated effort. Like everything is in this country with the left. It's all coordinated, very carefully coordinated. Now they can't always control the outcome, but they have a plan. It's not by accident. Nothing's by accident. so, The Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's website, well, they deleted its Meet Our Team page, including the profile of Chief Assistant District Attorney Meg Rice, or Reese, ahead of the arraignment. Why would you do this? What are you trying to hide? Isn't this astounding? This type of interference, even, as this investigation is going on, they realize, oops, there's information on here that could harm our... I mean, nothing happens transparently in this country with the Democratic Party? They're always hiding their plans, their agenda. What type of party has to hide and lie about its agenda? If it's so popular, if it's so good for the American people, if they're so honest, if they're so trustworthy, if they're so good intentioned, if they're so noble, if they're such angels, why do they have to lie and lie and lie? Why do they have to cover up? Why can't they conduct things in a transparent environment? Why can't they answer our questions? Why do they lie about the Chinese spy balloon? That's another thing that just took place. They lied about that. We still haven't gotten to the bottom of it. But what we know most recently is that the government is now admitting that the Chinese actually did capture sensitive information. They spied and they were doing figure eights, taking their time over and over again, over Montana, over our nuclear sites, capturing intel. But we were told not long ago that, in fact, they weren't gathering intel, right? So another lie by the regime. Lie after lie after lie after lie. What is the truth? We don't even know. But anyway, they removed the bio for Chief Assistant District Attorney Reese. Now, here's the thing about Reese. All of these people are far-left lunatics, activists who hate Donald Trump. And it's interesting that this DA's office, of course, is coordinating It's chock full of people who are ideologically driven on the same page to get Trump no matter what. They don't care about the law. They don't care about what they've learned. They don't care about morality. They don't care about truth. They are just looking to to compile, to form a crime, to do anything they can with their brains, put them together. How do we create a crime to get Trump? And all these people happen to be in the same office in Manhattan. Now, Reese Rice, R-E-I-S-S, was brought into Bragg's office in January 2022. Now, she subscribes, of course, to critical race theory ideas, and she is a Soros ideologue as well. She believes on soft on crime reforms on the criminal justice system, which is exactly what Bragg has supported. The immense irony here to me, which is just magnificent, it's so unbelievable, actually, is that Bragg has reduced sentences for some of the worst criminals in New York. And yet here, when it comes to Donald Trump, he's trying to exacerbate something. He's trying to turn a misdemeanor into a felony. He's trying to elevate the crime when it comes to Donald Trump. But when it comes to actual violent killers, violent thieves and criminals in New York City, plaguing the streets, well, he reduces their sentences. He's a friend of the criminal. So anyway, uh, Jordan Stockdale, chief of Staff for Bragg, wiped his Twitter account ahead of the arraignment. He had liked tweets saying Trump should be impeached, removed from office, and prevented from taking office again. These are the people working in the DA's office. And the DA removed its Meet Our Team page. Yes. I'm glad you got that. So, here's another one. Now the left is apoplectic about something. Apoplectic because they've always always have to find something to be upset about. Something to turn into an issue. You have um I think it was Trump Jr., but others as well, have drawn attention to the fact that the judge Uh, last name Merchant. Well, his daughter, Lauren, well, she is partner and president of Authentic Campaigns, a progressive digital firm. She worked on several high-profile Democratic campaigns, including for President Joe Biden. There she is with her dad. Now, I want to explain something because the left is saying, how dare they? This is dangerous. Shut up with the dangerous stuff. The only people that are dangerous in this country are the transgender murderers And people on the left, you guys are nuts. You're dangerous. We know it. Shut up. But in this case, they're making a mountain out of a molehill because, oh, we've pointed and drawn. It's like the Soros thing, right? They're saying we're anti-Semitic and we're calling for attacks on the Jewish community because we've pointed out that George Soros indirectly funded Bragg's campaign. So that makes me an anti-Semite for pointing that out. You see, there's a lot of things that need to be uncovered here. One is the Soros connection and what he's up to. And all of this election interference that's going on, whether it's Soros or Zuckerberg and so on and so forth, they don't want us looking at it. It's odd to me. It's odd to me. I mean, what's the problem with Soros? I mean, he's the biggest donor to the Democratic Party. Everybody knows it, but they don't want us to know anything about Soros. Somehow they don't want him associated with people like Bragg and vice versa. Why don't they want that link to be investigated? So here you have this young, this daughter, 34 years old, daughter of the judge, and she's a far left activist. Let me read a little bit more about her. Well, so Trump railed against this judge, Juan Manuel Merchan in a social media rant ahead of his arraignment on Tuesday afternoon with a post claiming the judge is from a family of well-known Trump haters. That's true. They are Trump haters. So the work of the judge's daughter led to increased claims from former President Trump that the judge hates me and that Stormy Daniels Hush money case against him in Manhattan is rigged, biased in part of the politicization and criminalization of the U.S. justice system. So a little bit about his daughter, Lauren. She worked as the... oh. Pull up the photo one more time. I want the whole world to see what she looks like. Yeah, this is Lauren Merchon and her daddy, the judge. Lauren Merchon worked as the di- director of digital for Harris's 2020 presidential campaign from February 2019 until December the same year. Merchants firm Authentic continued working for Harris and then candidate Joe Biden after the eventual first email female vice president ended her unsuccessful campaign. Anyway, she works for this camp, this uh, clients. You can pull it away, Captain. Clients include Harrison Biden, Gavin Newsom, Cory Booker, Hakeem Jeffries. So they're all, a bu- it's like a, a cesspool of Democrats. And do you think she got that job on her own? Or do you think she got that job or those jobs because of who her daddy was? Well, I can tell you the answer to that because I know how this world works. Just like Fauci's daughter working at this tech company or whatever else. It's all incestuous. So the fact that this, this daughter, Lauren, has all this experience working with these Democrats in a close relationship. The Trump haters, if you will. The communist Marxists who are destroying the company. The fact that she's there, it doesn't mean that she's a separate adult individual that's her decision. It has nothing to do with her father. In fact, it points to the fact that her daughter thinks the same way because her daughter knows those people to get her those jobs. That's his inner circle. That's the point of all this. But the left doesn't want us to admit that. This whole thing stinks to high heaven. And all of these courts are just conveniently, all the people working in all these things are just conveniently Trump haters. Trump haters. One more cut. Five, Captain. So you heard all of these individuals, many of them Trump haters, come out and say similar things, that there's no case here, there's no crime, they're shocked, this is underwhelming. Where is the crime? He didn't show the crime. This isn't going anywhere. It's going to be dismissed. This is absurd. What are they doing? The Democrats are crazy. But you can always count on one Democrat, one Democrat, to remain predictably stupid. And that would be Joy Reed, the dumbest woman on TV who changes her hairstyle twice a week and gets uglier. She's she's one of the few people in America who's on news on TV who repeatedly looks worse every single week. It's like in her in her just pursuit to improve her appearance on TV to bolster her self-esteem because all six viewers are watching her every night. Well, in this pursuit, she's got a team of hair and makeup artists and she sees herself and she knows she's not looking so good. And she's got people in her ear saying, hey, we got to do something about this because you got five viewers last night and one of them wrote to us and said, it's because they can't look at you. You've got a face for radio. And somehow she gets increasingly uglier every time she goes on TV. It's incredible. And if you think I mean, wait until you hear this loser, this class list zero, what she had to say. This is, this is Joy Ann Reed. This is the connection. This is what she has to say about the DA and Trump play cut five go captain.
0: The irony and sort of the karmic irony
1: that it is a black DA that Donald Trump has to face. The karmic irony that the DA that Trump has to face because Trump is white, uh, he's black and Trump is white. Well, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out, Joanne Reed. I, I'm not sure what the, I, I am I missing something, Captain? I mean, is she just operating on such a high weight, high wavelength, her IQ's just off the charts that I just can't understand the brilliance of what she just said? Look at the karmic irony. Uh, the DA is black and Donald Trump is white. Do you see it, everybody? No. I don't. I don't see it. All right. So let's move on. I actually do have some fun things here. I promise. Here we go. Here's the fun segment. Here's the fun segment. I mean, I know it's all been fun, but this will be particularly fun. But before the fun, as I tempt you, I want to talk about what the media wants to ignore. And that is the mentally ill transgender movement in America. Because if you noticed, uh, well, it wasn't long ago, about eight days ago, a member of the transgender community shot up a Christian school and murdered three nine-year-old children and three adults, killed six people total. And the manifesto eight days later has still not been released. Now, you'll recall after the Buffalo supermarket shooting, Well, that manifesto was available uh, within 24 hours, immediately, immediately. And the media was off to the races, blaming Republicans for inspiring and inciting that mass shooting. But when it comes to a member of the trans community, community committing a mass shooting and they have a manifesto, well, it's being hidden from us. This is how powerful the little tiny minority terrorist group, the trans community is in America. They are somehow able to keep this hidden from the American public. And it's really, I I don't know how this is happening. I don't know who has jurisdiction over this document. I mean, the police, I would imagine, are the ones who should be capable in Nashville there of releasing this to the public, except the FBI has gotten involved and they have taken over this manifesto. And they're saying we're not going to release it until we review it which means they're holding it hostage and hiding it from the American people. And I'll tell you why they're not releasing the manifesto. There are two reasons. The first, of course, is that it's going to condemn the transgender movement in America. It's going to show how actually these ideas and the antagonism built within the transgender community which is antithetical to Christianity and antithetical to Americanism, which cannot coexist in a Judeo-Christian environment in which these people say that little boys can become girls and little girls can become boys, which does not exist because there are two sexes. We are built in God's image. And it is absolutely absurd and sinful and disgusting to go and chop it off and try and become something you're not. So it opens up a whole can of worms and exposes how dangerous they are in this country the ideology behind it. So they don't want that out there. They don't want us to see that it was actually the left and their sick ideology that they want to teach to our children, of course, that is responsible for a mass shooting. But they also didn't want to interfere with the left's agenda. Somehow the left managed to turn an incident, a mass shooting, carried out by a trans individual of Christians, Somehow they managed to turn turn that massacre into a pity party for the trans community. Somehow they managed to do that. They turned it around and made the trans community the victim when the trans individual had murdered Christians. That's what they did. That's how sick this operation was carried out by the media. And the trans day of vengeance that was supposed to happen before this massacre occurred. And you also had the, well, you know, the young zoomers in this country who don't know their you know what from their you know what going around using this, exploiting this incident to come after your guns and my guns and law abiding citizens' guns. And so they kept the manifesto hidden from us so that these leftist activists could pursue their agenda, right? So if they came out and they said, here's the manifesto," and we had that to read and digest and study, well, that would take attention away from the gun grab agenda and the victimization of the trans community. So they kept it away so that you could have trans people committing insurrections throughout the country in state capitals, in state after state, and the left-wing whack-job Zoomers who want to come for the guns, well, they could go out and do the same and protest. That's really what happened here. They just paved the way for these protests to take place. It was a hit job. It was a hit job to, of course, hide the truth from the American people. But I just want to read a couple things here. This is great, so you know, one at least transgender Trans Day of Vengeance rally that was planned in D.C. before the murders, uh, well, they did call that event off. But here's what I'm talking about. Do you know why they called it off? This This is what we're dealing with. So a transgender activist group called off its planned Trans Day of Vengeance rally after warnings of a credible threat to life and safety. I want you to think about the gaslighting here and what they do. So a member of the trans community slaughtered Innocent Christians. And then the trans group turns around and cancels their event and says, no, 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 we had to cancel our event because we received word of a credible threat. So they were going to have this rally on last Saturday in Washington, D.C. They were going to do it outside the Supreme Court. And they, they released this statement canceling the event. The safety of our trans community is first priority. This threat is the direct result of the flood of raw hatred directed towards the trans community after the Tennessee shooting. Individuals who had nothing to do with that heinous act have been subjected to highly serious threats and blamed only because of their gender identity. Now, to make a correlation here. Well, there's actually not a correlation because MAGA doesn't commit mass murders. So actually, I can't do it. I can't do it. It doesn't happen. All right. Fun story. Do you remember Pierre Delecto? That was the the burner account on Twitter for Mitt Romney, right? So Mitt Romney, he had another account, a secret account, and he went by the name of Pierre Delecto. And he would defend Mitt Romney as Pierre Delecto. He would attack people as Pierre Delecto. So it was his way of saying whatever he wanted, uninhibited, unconstrained by being a senator. He could be a normal person as Pierre Delecto. Well... He's not the only one. It turns out that AOC has a burner account, and it's a doozy. Now, this is from PJ Media, written by Robert Spencer. Um, Oh, this is amazing. So the account, Zaza Smoka, Zaza Demon, it's now been deleted, but screenshots, of course, still exist. And there's evidence, of course, that it was AOC's account. First, the name Zaza uh, is a short name, can be a short name for Alexander, Alexandria. But that's not what actually tied it to AOC. Apparently, Congresswoman, Congress pronoun, I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend her, the, the birthing person or Congress pronoun AOC, she outed herself because she replied as AOC on the Zaza demon account, forgetting to switch back to her main account. So on April 1st, get this, AOC... She defended her rudeness to Chaya Rachik, So that's the libs of TikTok person, right? And um, she was rude to her. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. There was a video that took place. Um, The libs of TikTok individual, Chaya. She got a picture taken with AOC and then confronted AOC. And AOC flipped her lid and embarrassed herself. And after that episode... AOC got on there and said, NYC doesn't play with bigots and transphobes and neither do I. Another Twitter user responded by attacking AOC from the left, but you vote to send money to Nazis and to fund the Israeli apartheid. But hey, at least you stood up to a TikTok star. To that, AOC replied, but from the Zaza Demon account, lol, and what makes you think that I did anything to support Nazis? You're delusional. Seek help. Whoops. Whoops. Isn't it fascinating? Just the the, the inner workings of the vapid minds of people like AOC that have these secondary accounts. And I guarantee you there are a lot of Congress pronouns that have these secondary accounts that go on there and defend themselves and so on and so forth. That's how thin-skinned they are. But I thought that was great. So that account's been deleted since then, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Captain, let's let's do your suggestion. Oh. A live comment from Facebook. Kimberly Seeger. Kimberly Kimberly Seeger says, "We don't have a gun problem. We have a mental health crisis." Kimberly, of course, is smart. Kimberly, of course, is correct. Thank you, Kimberly. That's exactly correct. Guns actually they they've tried to make fun of this statement to dismiss it because it's true. Guns don't kill people, people kill people. That's obvious that's obvious. And we do have a mental health crisis in this problem, and it's driven by the left. That's the point. And it is so demoralizing to me to watch all these these college students who have no self-esteem, who have no purpose in life, who are getting involved in these, quote-unquote, march for our lives. Now, the same crowd that supports Infanticide that has no regard for the life of the unborn, that wants them to be murdered on demand and, and funded by taxpayers, well, they're marching for their lives when it comes to guns, guns. And of course, they put out the same uh, John Stewart stupidity: more guns equal more death and more killings. Well, of course, the counterpoint, as I've talked about, is, do you know how many lives are saved? In self-defense with guns, far more than are taken with them. But then, of course, is the whole constitutional issue. I don't care what you think. I don't care if they are killing X, Y, Z. You can't have my gun because I have a constitutional right to have it. So whatever arguments you bring, you can shove it up up your you know what, where the sun don't shine, because we have a Second Amendment. But all these people are going out there, and they're saying, okay, yeah, we need we need more gun restrictions. We need to take guns away from law-abiding citizens. And the most recent thing, Captain, I saw was the left is, is making a big deal. They're protesting because Ron DeSantis just signed constitutional carry. So you can carry a firearm without having a permit for it in Florida. And there's no evidence ever of this increasing crime. And, of course, if you were a criminal who wanted to kill, you're going to violate the law anyway. Murder, of course, is illegal. I don't know if you knew that on the left in Kennyland. But it's actually not lawful to murder. And yet somehow people still murder. It's really weird. I don't know how that can happen when laws are supposed to prevent this. I mean, all you do is say you can't own firearms. And then all of a sudden the crime will go away. All the criminals are going to say, well, I know it's illegal to murder. And that didn't stop me. But now that the Democrats, they said they marched for our lives and said, you can't use an AR-15 anymore. Well, I'll just get rid of it. And this is the thing that people don't understand rifles, the assault rifles, but the rifle category, more people are killed with knives every year than rifles. That's a fact. Now, handguns kill more people than rifles. Handguns are the weapon of choice to commit murder, right? When you're in Chicago and they have gang violence going on, they're killing little kids. They're using handguns mainly. So people use handguns. And yet the left wants to go after the quote unquote assault rifle because of the mass shootings. They want to limit magazine capacity. So what happens when you say, okay, Let's just make the AR-15 illegal. AR-15 is illegal. So somebody goes in and they actually, I, I guess this is my point. I mean, they're focused on mass shootings because obviously it's an easy target. It's despicable. It's disgusting. Like what happened in Nashville. And they say, well, you know, we've got to make it harder to get these guns. And they target certain guns and say, if we get rid of these guns, we're going to have an impact on this happening without addressing mental health. And yet, They're making the wrong argument because most murders are committed with handguns, but they're not calling for abolishing handguns, are they? That's why I'm telling you the agenda is to come for all the guns. It's just a slippery slope. Once they get in the door and they go after the easy target, which is, hey, you can't have an AR-15. Okay, that seems reasonable. It's 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 the 15 days to slow the spread of COVID. Hey, it's just 15 days. Hey, we just want to limit this. And then once you open the door and say yes, they never stop coming until your rights are gone. Captain Q up cut six. I think we'll do that. Uh, I saw this clip going around. I didn't think to put it up. Captain brought it to my attention. I think it's worth, it's it's really relevant today. I, I believe this is actually Rush's last, Rush Limbaugh, the GOAT. This is his last broadcast before he, he passed away. The last one he did on the air. And there's a reason Rush Limbaugh is the GOAT. There's a reason he was the most important, the most widely listened to radio host in world history. It's because he was prescient. It's because he was honest. He was articulate. He was heartfelt. And he was right. And I want to play this clip because what he says here is true today and then I'll offer my commentary. Go ahead, Captain, play it.
0: I know they desperately want Trump gone and I I know that they desperately want it codified that Trump cannot run again because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump 75 million, 80 million votes. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again, which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump.
1: Well, there he is, the great El Rushbo. And he's exactly right. And this is why I think that what the Democratic Party just decided to do with pursuing this corrupt indictment of Donald Trump, it's going to backfire on the left. They are underestimating not only Trump, but they're underestimating you and me. They're underestimating MAGA. They've never made an effort to understand MAGA. They falsely believe that MAGA is only in existence because of Trump. That's not true. MAGA has existed before Trump and will continue to exist after Trump. Like he said, we are not going anywhere. We are here today and we've always been here. And every so often, a leader comes along who resonates enough with the movement that we show our faces in a unified fashion, and that's what happened with Trump. He was able to relate to us. He was able to assemble us. It's kind of like amongst the Republican Party with conservatives and people of slightly different ideologies who tend to vote for Republicans, even some independents out there who are a little bit lost in the wilderness. Well, we're all roaming around. We're kind of like clans, like the Scotsmen of old. Any kind of tribal culture, We're roving. We're here in America. But every now and then a foe comes along that demands that we unite and a leader comes along who's able to get us to unite. And that's what Trump was for us. Reagan did it. And Trump's done it. And the left is so furious that not only were they unable to defeat Trump to get him to resign, to impeach him, to end his political career. But they're also so upset because they don't understand why we are still here. Why despite all of their many efforts that go back to 2016, all of their efforts to destroy Trump in our minds, to sully his reputation, to lie about him, to discredit him, To create distance between him and us. It hasn't worked. And they don't understand it. They don't understand the bond. They don't understand why they haven't been able to succeed in severing that bond. And they don't know what to do. Because nothing they've done has worked. And the truth is, nothing they will do will ever work. Because we are enlightened. We are the the guard for this nation. We are those who take the sacrifices of not just the founding fathers, but other American heroes throughout our nation's great history who've, who fought to give us this inheritance. We understand who they are. And we understand our role to defend this nation as well. And the left doesn't get it. They don't know that we're here. They know we're here, but they don't know how many of us there are. And they refuse to acknowledge it because they're afraid. And if you don't understand something, you tend to fear something. And they fear Donald Trump. They fear his popularity. And they don't have anything close, anything resembling the affection and the relationship and the bond between Trump and his base. They don't have that on their side. Joe Biden doesn't have that. Even Barack Obama doesn't have that. It doesn't exist. And they're scared. And that's why you're seeing this behavior right now. They're not confident about what happened in 2020. They don't believe that they ran roughshod over Donald Trump. They know how they won the election. And they've been fighting tooth and nail to both prevent that truth From coming into broad daylight, from sunshine showing us the truth, and also because they're in denial. They can't accept the truth. They can't handle the truth themselves because they're not what they believe they are. They're not what they've convinced themselves they are. They aren't smarter than us. They aren't more moral than us. And they're not happy. They're miserable people. They're a miserable group of people that hate this country. And that's what you're seeing right now. And next episode, I will get into what's happening to this country. Because while we just spent an hour talking about this case, which is very serious, this absurd indictment that threatens the fabric of our nation. Well, the left has not stopped with illegal border crossings. They haven't stopped. With fentanyl, people are dying right now from fentanyl overdoses, our children right now because of Biden and his border policy. We have the dollar being abandoned in the world as the currency. That's going to have wide scale ramifications on our economy going forward. There's a lot going on and what you're seeing is globalists. People who hate America, and I do believe Barack Obama's behind it. I'll get into that next episode too. But they want to dismantle this country, they want to destroy this country, and it's happening. It's all happening, and it's by design. But I am encouraged by the reaction I've seen from people on our side to what's happening to Trump. And I'll say it again I'm on the Trump train. I'm on the Trump train. And I will debate anybody anytime about why I've arrived at that decision and why I believe he's the best candidate in 2024. All right, this is Drew Allen, your Millennial Minister of Truth. God bless you all. And until next time.
0: Talk to my friend Drew Allen. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great... Young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative. Drew Allen. As why are conservatives
1: this guy for?